Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're, 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 tuned, you're tuned into It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. The top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what is going on? Just a normal day. You know, we, we uh, feel like this has just been rinse, repeat every week uh, for the past 10, 11 weeks, other than the unfortunate Monday Night Football game. I'm just like, yeah, they won. Let's have a fun, let's have a fun time. You know, my, the football team is giving me good feelings. <laughs> I'll say this, uh, the guy, uh, Dominique Foxworth, he said it before the Bengals played the Carolina Panthers, that PJ Walker was going to outplay Joe Burrow. Yeah, I saw ever, that. It was... Ever since that tweet, they're on a 10-game win streak. If they win the Lombardi, I am going right back to that comment and saying, ever since this tweet, this team went on a 12-game win streak, 10 games in a row, an impressive win versus the Buffalo Bills. And I can't stop thinking about that, but it's also championship week. So it's hard to balance the two. Can you uh, can you tell me what happened to PJ Walker uh, after that tweet? We never saw him again. Yeah, he got benched at halftime and didn't play again. <laughs> I, well, that's just like it's so over the top. Like, yeah, you could think like the Bengals offense might struggle a little bit against this Panthers defense or something, or maybe you think the Bengals defense isn't going to do a good job against PJ Walker. Blah blah blah. When the talent disparity is that far apart, where this guy has been a career backup versus Joe Burrow, who's the number one overall pick and clearly has shown at least Pro Bowl, to me, MVP and All-Pro level talent, to tweet that, it's it's like the Chiefs defense isn't good. So when they face the Raiders, well, 
yeah, face the Raiders. And you go, I think Jared Stidham's going to have a better game than Patrick Mahomes. Like, no, you would never tweet that. Or no. I think Skylar Thompson's going to have a better game than Josh Allen. You would never tweet that. Why then does Joe Burrow get the idea of, and I guess this was earlier when he was struggling a little bit. Why does he get the, well, I think this backup quarterback's going to have a better game than him. No, he's not. And I know P.J. Walker had a good game right before that, but no, no he's not. Like, that's just so stupid. Like, what are the odds that happens? Like, one in 100? It's absolutely insane. Um, you know, the Joe Burrow season has been absolutely incredible. If you think about it, you could go back to week one, which we've talked about plenty of times when they turned the ball over five times. He had the surgery. He's never had a normal offseason. It's been kind of crazy. But you actually tweeted out earlier today about just kind of being impressed with the leap, the jump that you've noticed over the last year. I want you to talk more about that and why you see that. Okay, so the tweet was about, I think, this jump he made from one calendar year ago till today is just as impressive as the jump he made from his rookie year to his uh, second year. Obviously, his second year, he finished what awesome. He was great. But in that playoff run, he was good, but the offensive line fell apart. He wasn't as efficient, and he took a lot of sacks. And he kind of took a lot of sacks that entire year. That's cut out of his game. He doesn't take very many sacks anymore. Um, even if this offensive line is at a disadvantage, which I wouldn't say they were last week, surprisingly. On paper, yes. Uh, on the field, no. <laughs> uh, but anyway, even if it happened, like he he takes like what do you take four sacks in the in the Ravens game? That yeah. last year, I think that would have been eight sacks, just because he's so good now at the quarterback part. I feel like he was such a great, he was, he was a great quarterback before. Don't get me wrong. I think he was smart. I think he was very, very accurate and precise, but now defenses are game planning to stop him. Last year, he kind of got some gimmies because, you know, defense didn't know who he was, blah, blah, blah. And he struggled a little bit against some specific things, but he was always able to get to, if they're playing single high, I've got my dudes. I trust these guys no matter what. This year, to me, he is since week five or so, week six, somewhere around there, pretty much since the chase injury, I think he's been pretty much always perfectly on time. He has the same launch point for all the different concepts. For the most part, he steps up, makes little movements in the pocket that are really impressive. He doesn't have to extend the play and get out of the pocket to make these type of plays. He can make the plays within the pocket while still avoiding that pressure he's still as accurate he's still as dangerous throwing the ball down the field he's more willing to check the ball down and i think he's playing smarter i think what he's seeing he's doing a better job of you know they are doing these crazy rotations and stuff and bringing odd blitzers and burrow sets the protections you hear him go ringo <laughs> rip liz whatever uh i, I ringo just rings in my head because i hear him say ringo at least that's seared into my memory as one of the times he yelled it but when you hear the quarterback yelling r and l words they're setting the protections uh for the most part so you hear him setting the protections he's getting his guys in the right position this is just things he didn't really do last year I, he did, still did some setting of the protections but now it's it seems like it's almost all him and I don't know, uh, just the quarterbacking I think is what's so impressive. He's always like three-step ball out and this helps the offensive line so much um, that I've talked about before. When the quarterback gives you the con consistent launch point, three-step drop, he's always seven yards deep or something like that. Five-step drop, he's always at nine yards and he'll step up if he needs to. Um, quick game, he's always at six yards. Just when the offensive line knows that they don't have eyes in the back of their head, even though it seems like it at times. 
they don't know exactly where the quarterback is, but when they are consistently, and he's not drifting left or right on these plays, when he's consistently launching from the same spot with the same speed to throw, he's one of the quickest time to throw. It's Brady, then him. And they both push the ball downfield too. And uh, so this is just the quarterbacking element of everything, the processing, the accuracy, everything's there, but yeah, he's just added on this layer of extra smarts, extra consistency, um, just so much added to it. And I think he made that same jump from his rookie year to his second year. His rookie year, he's he's still a smart dude. But NFL games move, moves fast, and it takes a minute to operate like that. Burrow, to me, operates like a eight-year vet. like he, Almost like, I've seen everything you could ever throw at me. But he's played like one and a half, two and a half years. He's played two and a half years. Uh, so it's just crazy to me. I, I think it's awesome, uh, the, the leap he's made, because – I think he does such a good job now of helping his offensive line. And as, as late as like week four, honestly, we'll say the Monday night game. I think he was a little early on a lot of those, but he wasn't really helping his offensive line as much. And now he does like, it used to be, you probably don't like to block for Burrow because you're going to get a little extra sack numbers and whatever. Cause he likes to hold onto that ball, take the deep shots, make extend the play. And he's just learned one of the hardest things to do which is rein that in and just take what the defense gives you. And I feel like that usually takes a lot of time to develop. I always go back. I don't remember which Seattle Seahawks defensive coordinator it was that said this, but he said the only guy that's ever been happy about taking a six yard uh, passing play is Tom Brady. Honestly, it seems like Joe Burrow is kind of there. He's like, he takes a six yard passing play. He's like, got him. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's kind of crazy um, with him and his football IQ because that was one of the things out of college. I remember talking to Marcus Spears, Chris Fowler, some of the college football guys who really watched him at LSU in, in his 2019 season. And that was one of the biggest things they, they praise him on. And you mentioned it's two and a half years in the league and this guy's playing like an eight-year vet. He's only going to get better with that. And that's really exciting when you think about what this offense and a franchise quarterback, because I think a lot of teams around the league would take him in a heartbeat, heartbeat right now with the football IQ that he has out there and what he's been able to do with this offense. We go back to those moments, the time when we found out that Jamar Chase was going to be gone for, for about a month. And I truly still feel like that just helped Joe Burrow even more. Mm -hmm. And it feels so crazy to think and say that if we look back on it now in January, back to the time without Jamar Chase. Yeah. Uh, what I think it actually even helped, it helped Joe Burrow a ton because now, you know, he had to learn to rein everything in. I don't have my safety blanket in Jamar Chase. So I could just throw a ball up to, he still can with Higgins, but just having one of those guys and having to work. I got Trent Irwin now. Like, yeah, he's going to make some awesome, awesome plays. He's not a guy that like, oh, go ball, Trent Irwin time, you know, throw it up to him. He hit a few back shoulder fades to him, but it's not like that's just a guy that's just going to win consistently on the outside. So he had to learn how to play quarterback a little bit better, I think, during that time. And also, I think that Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan learned the passing offense a little bit better. They learned how to scheme things up a little bit better, what's working, what's not working, because sometimes plays that don't really seem to work for an offense when you have a Jamar chase, they could work, you know, <laughs> like, you know, like the, this wasn't, this really wasn't supposed to hit or, you know, like uh, it was just Jamar chase and T Higgins are on the field at the same time and they make it work. Now they're facing real cover, the not real coverage, but you know, like they shade so much stuff to Jamar chase that now they're facing more, you know, 
traditional full field. We're not just clouding Jamar Chase and letting the other guys do their thing. They're facing, you know, like we're just facing normal cover two. We're facing normal quarters. We're facing all these other things. So they learned how to call offenses that can move the ball methodically down the field and not need these splash plays. And I think it's just symbiotic, just, you know, Joe Burrow's become a better quarterback, which helps the offensive line. And they are all helped because Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan call a more diverse and varied attack through the air. I saw a tweet today that was like, the Bengals offense is just 989 drive sale, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, last year? (laughs) Because they they changed it this year. That's the whole thing is that that's what it was going into the season. And that's why I think the Bengals offense had some struggles early on throwing the ball. And they were running some other concepts, but they just weren't working. So they they get the... What this coaching staff did, both, well, all three of Frank Pollock as the run game coordinator, Brian Callahan as the offensive coordinator, and Zach Taylor as the head coach in offensive play design in there as well, I'm sure, um, were able to do. He's the play caller. Yeah, so obviously. uh, But what they were able to do and change the offense, like what they thought was going to work didn't work early in the season. The Bengals had like an average offense. And Joe Burrow got better, yes. I think Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are better players this year than they were last year. But what they are able to do to completely change an offense like that during the season is so hard. I, th- you usually have to wait for like a bye week or uh, it doesn't happen at all or you just get little changes. But they completely shifted the run game around week five, right at week five. Actually, they ran all this gun and power stuff. And then they slowly kind of shifted the passing game starting, I think, with the New Orleans game and just adding on more and more, especially after the chase injury, more and more each week. So I've been really impressed with all three of those, uh, all those components getting better this year, because I think it's rare. I, I don't think you normally see an offense come out, look that sluggish unless there's injuries and stuff. And yeah, the offensive line needed time to gel and all this other stuff. But what I really think was the main difference is that the play callers and designers got better. They changed the scheme and the quarterback and receivers got better during the season. And it's super cool. Yeah, and kind of going back to the coaching, if we all remember around the week five time, everybody wanted Zach Taylor fired. They didn't, or if he wasn't fired, they wanted him to stop calling the plays. Yes. And I think that is absolutely huge as a head coach to realize, look, something's not working and we're going to change it up right now. And like you said, it's not easy to do during the season, not during a bye week. They did it early on and that changed the season. If you look back on it, what they've been able to do with this offense, Joe Burrow and his weapons, yes, they're getting better, but credit to Zach Taylor. Credit to him, too, because he realized, hey, we've got to change something up in here. And we have the talent in this room when it's Dan Pitcher, Brian Callahan, Zach Taylor, Joe Burrow. We're going to work together to change it and obviously have the personnel, too. Um, I think you can look back on that and be like, that's when you, you got to give credit to your head coach. Dan, hey, the other guy we got all those messages about. I think this last game was Frank Pollock's magnum opus, by the way. I mean, to take what was – a majority, three out of five, backup offensive linemen and put on that display was incredible. I, I don't think we can credit that enough. Like, yes, I completely, I will be honest. Like, I, I was pretty, I was saying, like, don't fire the guy in the first four weeks, but I was just kind of like, we got to see some results, man. Like, I know that everybody says this guy, you know, he's he's doing everything. And I think the guys are getting in good spots and everything, but you got to see some results eventually. And then they finally have been happening. And you talk about like, well, he hasn't developed anybody. I don't think that Hakeem Adenogy, Jackson Carmen are going to go into that game if they weren't developed and put up that performance. Like, incredible stuff. I, I just think, and, you know, he, he's going to give all the credit to the players, of course, like that clip where he said he's just so proud of them. Everybody doubted him. What a good coaching moment. Um, 
it, it was just awesome. I thought that game was such a statement game from Frank Pollock as, yeah, maybe he's not Bill Callahan and Zach Taylor should have gotten rid of Jim Turner earlier and just done Bill Callahan. But he's probably in like the tier below that where you're very happy with your with your offensive line coach. Like you can't take a Wyatt Teller cast off and make him an all pro. But you could take these guys and they can really go out there and kick some butt, even if it's three backups against a heavily uh, mismatched I, I, I was trying to come up with a phrase that I feel like I messed it up at the beginning, but just like a, a heavy mismatch on paper. And he flipped that script. And I know there's some weather elements and whatnot to it, but just what a shout out Frank Bollock. I've been a supporter, but I remember getting all the, the questions, all the tweets about how he should be fired. What does this guy even do? All these other things. And I kept trying to say, it takes time. It takes time. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, eh, well, <laughs> we aren't seeing the results. We, I hope it's just taking time. And it did. So, uh, yeah, just shout out Frank Pollock for what an awesome game from him. And a great job this season to completely change a run scheme. Nobody does that. Yeah, I think people have to remember that he's the run game coordinator, too. And when it comes to that social media clip, I agree with you. Uh, we'll get more into the matchup with the Bills and what that looked like on the su on Sunday in the divisional game. But these guys listen. Um, they might say that they're not listening to the outside noise or what people are talking about, but they're listening to what the criticism was all week going into this game. There's a reason Frank Pollock told all of them that everybody was doubting them. The social media clip was so pure. He just hugged his guys, uh, Cordell Volson, Jackson Carmen, and he sat there and he just like held them for a couple seconds on some of the video clips that I know some fans even took from the stands. And you could just really tell this guy cares about this team. And I'm just glad that they, they stuck with these guys and bringing a guy back that wasn't a part of your staff and realizing, hey, he could bring something to this offensive line. Joe Mixon was a big fan of Frank Pollock and other pieces in the room were really going to be welcoming of Frank Pollock. And I'm just glad that they, they kept with it. Um, but yeah, I want to get more to the offensive line, the trenches, the D-line, and just kind of more a little bit of look ahead as we get into championship week next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.